At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Luckily, this story doesn't involve me being chased, almost kidnapped, stalked. But it is one of the strangest things that has ever happened to me. I think about whatever happened from time to time. Sometimes I feel as though maybe I was overreacting. But then I remember how I felt like my stomach was in my throat and my heart was going to burst out of my chest. And I know that my fear was justified. I never told my parents or the parents of the kids I was babysitting, which, looking back, was probably really stupid. This happened when I was about 14. I had just started babysitting for this family in my neighborhood. They had two kids, a boy, who at the time was 10, and a girl, who at the time was 8. They were great kids to babysit. They got along with each other without fighting and always did what I asked of them without complaining. Before I launch into what happened, I'm going to give you guys some background information about this family's house so that you guys can understand why I was so freaked out. The house is situated pretty far back in my neighborhood on this little side street off of the main road that runs through the neighborhood. The house is in a cul-de-sac, so there's not a lot of traffic on this road at all. Usually, the only people that ever come into the cul-de-sac are the mailmen and people who live in the other three houses that were in the cul-de-sac. The street itself was not very long at all, so there were only three houses on each side of the street that weren't in the cul-de-sac. Essentially, despite being in a large neighborhood, the street that this house was situated on was very quiet. And if you didn't live in the neighborhood, you might not even know that this street existed. It was a fall Friday night, and I arrived at the house around 6 o'clock. The kids were already sitting down, eating dinner when I got there. And the parents told me that they expected to be home around midnight or so. The parents also made a joke about how the kids had the whole street to themselves since the other families that lived there were out of town for Thanksgiving. The parents left, the kids finished eating, and we went outside to play in the cul-de-sac. I remember locking the front door and taking the house key outside with me. The kids rode around on their scooters for about an hour. For some reason, I just felt really on edge while the kids were playing outside. I chalked this filling up to knowing that we were alone on the street since everyone else was out of town. After the kids finished playing outside, we went inside to play Wii in the basement. I remember locking the front door once we were back inside 
and putting the key on the kitchen counter. I then checked the front door again before I went downstairs to the basement. I was super vigilant about checking the doors because I had watched so many scary movies where the babysitter forgets to lock the door and then some crazy murderer gets into the house and then you know what happens next. As the kids are playing in the basement, I get that unsettling feeling again. I didn't feel like we were being watched. It was more like when you know that something is going to pop out in a scary movie and you're just anticipating it on the edge of your seat. The feeling sticks with me the entire time that we're in the basement. But again, I chalk it up to knowing that the entire street is empty. The clock strikes 10 and it's time for the kids to head to bed. We go to the top floor of the house where the kids' bedrooms are. The house is set up so that when you open the front door of the house and come inside, you're standing in the foyer with the stairs to go to the top floor directly in front of you. If you're standing in the foyer, you can see all the way up the stairs into the bathroom on the top floor. So the kids are in the bathroom brushing their teeth and we all hear a car pull in the driveway. I figure it's their parents coming home super early and I expect to hear the garage door start opening but that sound never comes. I walk into the girl's bedroom and look out her front window. There's a car running in the driveway and there's a man in the car but the headlights are turned off despite it being 10 p.m. and pitch black dark outside. I figured it was someone who got lost in our neighborhood and was just using the driveway to stop and get their bearings before heading back out on the road. I leave the girl's bedroom and head back into the bathroom where the kids are. Suddenly, I hear a knock on the front door. I turn around and there's a man standing at their door holding a pizza box. There are two long windows on either side of their front door, so I have a clear view of this guy, and I know that he has a clear view of us. I immediately get that eerie feeling that I had been feeling all night. I asked both of the kids if they had ordered a pizza for some reason, and they both said no. These kids were always very honest and wouldn't lie about something like that or even order a pizza without asking me, so I knew they were being truthful. Normally, I would have gone downstairs to see what this guy wanted. Maybe he had the wrong house, and I could point him in the right direction, but that little voice in my head was screaming, Do not go downstairs. Do not open the door. The guy also didn't look like he worked for any pizza company. Normally, they would be wearing a uniform or a hat with the company's logo on it or something. This guy just seemed off. He looked like he was in his late 30s, early 40s, and looked super disheveled. His shirt was really wrinkled. His pants were filthy and ripped. And he had this ratty black baseball cap that was pulled down super far so that his eyes were covered. He was also grinning really aggressively, like I thought this guy's teeth would just shatter because of how hard he was pressing them together. At this point, the kids notice him 
and start asking why he's there. Should we open the door? I tell them no and ask that they go in their rooms and lie down. The boy goes to his room and I walk the girl into her room and look out the window at the car again. I notice that the car doesn't have one of those pizza delivery car signs on the top which all of the pizza companies in my town required delivery drivers to have. So now I really feel confident in my initial intuition that this guy isn't a legit pizza delivery guy. The girl gets in bed and I come back out of her room and sit down at the top of the stairs so that I can keep an eye on this guy. I try to stay really calm so as not to upset the kids even though I was flipping out on the inside. He's still standing at the door, holding the pizza box in one hand, and he's still grinning that teeth-shattering grin. His mouth almost looks too big for his face, even though I can't see his eyes because of the hat. I know that he's dead-ass staring at me. Then, without breaking eye contact, he starts jiggling the door handle pretty aggressively, while still grinning. I silently thank God that I was so psychotic about making sure the front door was locked. He stops jiggling the handle and resumes staring at me. If I was in this situation now, I probably would have called the police immediately. But being only 14 and fairly new to babysitting, I was paralyzed with fear. I felt like if I took my eyes off of him for a second... When I looked back, he would be standing at the base of the stairs. After about another five minutes of the stare down, he literally starts walking backwards off of the porch without breaking eye contact. Legit, this dude is walking backwards towards his car while still staring at me. I go into the parents' bedroom, which also has a view of the driveway, no down in front of the window, and peek out. I'm expecting to see this guy getting into his car. Nope. The guy is nowhere in sight, but the car is still there. So I return to my perch at the top of the stairs, half expecting to see him at the door again, or worse, standing at the bottom of the stairs. But he was nowhere to be seen. After about 20 minutes, I hear a car starting. I run back to the parents' room kneel in front of the window again and notice that the car in the driveway has started and the guy is sitting in the driver's seat still fucking grinning he also doesn't turn the headlights on he shifts into reverse and begins slowly backing out of the driveway grinning the entire time right before he dries off he turns his head and I swear to god makes direct eye contact with me Again, I can't see his eyes because of the hat, but I know that he was looking at me. This is really disturbing to me, since he didn't really know where I was in the house. The parents' bedroom is the farthest window to the right if you're looking at the house from outside. The lights in the parents' bedroom are off, and I'm kneeling down. So really, the only part of me that might potentially be visible is the top of my head, my eyes, and my nose but it's also pitch black outside he doesn't have his headlights on and it's pitch black in the parents bedroom 
so I doubt I was really visible. He also didn't spend time scanning the windows. His head literally just snapped to where I was. It's like he could sense where I was. After I had time to calm down and collect myself, I started replaying what had just happened and came to the following conclusions. This guy was not a pizza delivery guy. He had no uniform, looked and acted like he was possessed or something, and his car was unmarked. Those 20 minutes or so that elapsed between when he walked backwards off the front porch to when he got into the car were probably spent walking around the house and checking all of the doors, trying to gain entry. He had malicious intent. Maybe he wanted to rob the house. Maybe he wanted to do something more sinister to me or the kids. Either way, this guy was bad news, and I'm glad that I trusted the voice in my head. I think he probably found some pizza box and tried to pose as a pizza delivery guy to get me to open the door for him so that he could strike. There are still some parts of the story that are confusing to me. If he really wanted to get inside the house, why didn't he find a rock, a brick, and throw it through a window? I mean, I'm very glad that he didn't, but I just thought it was a bit odd that he checked the doorknobs and then gave up after he discovered they were all locked. Maybe he felt that doing something that made a lot of noise would alert me, and so he was trying to sneak in in a more subtle way to catch me off guard. Why did he walk backwards off the porch? Was it just to preserve eye contact and thus intimidate me? Or was this guy just insane? Why did I feel so unsettled early on in the evening, before the guy even showed up? Was he watching the house and waiting for the kids to go to bed and for me to be off guard before trying to get in the house? How did he know where to look when he was backing out of the driveway? Why was he grinning the entire time? Did he know that our house was the only house on the street that was inhabited at the time? Why did he pick that house, especially given the fact that it's on a very quiet and secluded street and you have to drive pretty far back in the neighborhood to even reach the main street? He could have picked the 50 or so other houses that you have to pass to even get to that house. The town where I live is upper middle class and has a super low crime rate and drugs aren't really an issue. We're also surrounded by other similar upper middle class areas, so I'm doubtful that this person was on drugs or some crazy vagrant. Of course, I could be wrong. Maybe this dude was just jacked up on drugs. Maybe he was just a vagrant dude. Maybe he was really just a lost pizza delivery man with some unsettling personal quirks. But I'm really doubtful. Whatever he was, I'm glad that I haven't seen him since that he never returned to that family's house and that I had enough sense to triple check the front door being locked and listen to the voice in my head. Let me know what you guys think was up with this guy. I never told my parents or the parents of the kids, which, as I said, was a stupid idea. I definitely should have told someone about it. If he really was watching their house, they needed to know about it.
I used to work as a pizza delivery guy in Detroit for several years. I'm not going to tell you what part of the city I used to live in or the name of the pizza chain that employed me. It's not important. And besides, it has absolutely no bearing on the story I'm about to tell. The neighborhoods I used to work in were fairly safe, but sometimes I was sent to areas that had been truly devastated by the recession. If you've ever visited Detroit or done a Google image search on urban blight, you know what I'm talking about. The incident occurred late in the fall a few years ago, and the memory of it will stay with me until the day I die. It doesn't matter how hard I try to suppress it or force it out of my consciousness, it always floats back up to the surface like a dead bloated fish and lets me know that it's still there. Anyway, here's what happened. It was Thursday evening. It had been a hectic shift and I was making the last delivery for the night. The order was going to a residence in one of the less savory parts of town. That didn't shock me. It was expected every now and again. Even folks in rough areas order pizzas and have cell phones. After all, this is the US we're talking about. But I have to admit, I wasn't too thrilled about the possibility of getting mugged or shot. Any half-decent car in a poor section of town is fair game for the local gangbangers. And believe me, there are plenty of those in Detroit. The house was just a little shack on a big corner block. There were no lights on inside, and for a brief moment, I prayed that I had the wrong address. But a quick look at the mailbox out front squashed my hopes of a safe getaway. I cursed silently as I gazed over the desolate property. The moon was out, and that made it even creepier. I could see the grass on the lawn was knee-high, and there was rubbish everywhere. The windows were boarded up with plywood and adorned with graffiti and bullet holes. Needless to say, I had a very bad feeling about what was about to happen, and if it had been up to me, I would have just kept on driving, but that was out of the question. I couldn't afford to lose my job, and career opportunities weren't exactly growing on trees in this city, so I stayed where I was. I took a few deep breaths to try and calm myself and said a quick prayer even though I don't believe in God. Then I grabbed the pizza boxes and reached for the Coke Zero bottle next to me. Then I found myself walking to the house. The cold evening air gushing through the area was racing in and out of my lungs like pistons in a car engine. The gravel made loud crunching noises every time I put my feet down and I kept looking around nervously convinced that some psycho was going to jump me any second. But no one came. I was all alone. As I climbed a concrete stoop leading up to the porch, I noticed the front door was ajar, and I stopped dead in my tracks and just stared at it. For some strange reason, it scared the crap out of me, and I could feel my heart start to race even faster. A voice inside my head kept telling me to get the fuck out of there. And I have to admit, I seriously entertained the idea of just leaving the pizzas on the porch and take off. But I knew I couldn't. I had to follow protocol. Leaving food outside a residence was a sackable offense. 
so I walked the rest of the way to the door and gave it a quick knock. The force of my fist striking the old timber made it move, and a loud sound escaped from somewhere deep inside me as the squeaky hinges gave off a high-pitched wail, but no one came to the door. I swallowed hard, braced myself, and put my knuckles up to the door again, and this time, I shouted the words, Pizza's here, into the dark void, but still there was no answer, and I foolishly believed I was off the hook. Then as I was about to turn around and leave, a faint, cold, coming from somewhere deep inside the house, told me to enter. I stood absolutely still, staring at the gap in the door with eyes that were ready to pop out of their sockets. And for a brief second, I started wondering if I just imagined it. But then the voice called out again, and this time, it kept repeating the words over and over, like it was reciting an incantation. It had a menacing quality to it, and my whole body started shaking, and that's when I made up my mind. I threw the pizzas down, not really giving a fuck about whether I had a job to go to the next day or not. Then I legged it. I jumped from the top of the stoop and ran like a lunatic down the driveway back to my car and almost ripped the door off its hinges as I threw myself inside. My hands were shaking so badly that it took me a good 10 seconds just to get the engine started. Then I raced out of the neighborhood as fast as I could gasping for air all the way back to the restaurant. Maybe it was the effect of adrenaline wearing off, or maybe it was just a delayed reaction. But when I opened the door and got out of the car, I threw up, a whole gut full of yellow disgusting puke. But at least I was alive, and that was all that mattered. The next morning, I woke up to someone banging on my door. When I opened up, Two police officers greeted me with stony expressions. After asking me a few questions, one of them took a step forward, looked me straight in the eyes, and informed me that two pizza delivery guys had been found dead inside the house that I'd ran away from the previous evening. Both of them had been hung by the neck from an exposed joist in the lounge. He then pulled out a pitcher from the inside pocket of his jacket and handed it to me. He gave me a few seconds to study it and then he told me that they had found the picture taped to one of the bodies. It contained three faces. Two had a big red X draw across them. The last one didn't. The last face was mine. I managed to look up at the officer and shake my head before I passed out and hit the floor. The next day, I left Detroit, and I've never been back since. But even now, after all this time, I always look over my shoulder when I'm out and about. I'm always pendentic about staying indoors after dark, and I always make sure my doors and windows are locked. The killer in Detroit was never caught, and as long as he's out there, I'm on my guard. And why shouldn't I be? He obviously knows who I am. But does he know where I live?